0: You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Tara Isabella Burton. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. I think I am someone whose relationships, romantic, friendship, and otherwise are very, very influential on my work. I also don't write things that are ever explicitly autobiographical. Uh, I think there are people in my life on whom characters are based, but with very few exceptions, most people who appear in my novels are like their composites. There's no one who's a one-to-one Almost no one who's a one-to-one correspondent. But I think the act of being in the world and around people, I definitely find myself interested in the detail, the very, very small details of people. And I actually have a terrible memory to the point where i like there's so many times where someone says something some way i'm like i push it a quarter i need to start carrying like, a very small pencil and paper in my purse because it's precisely the very little things that i think reveal very big things about a person the cadence of their voice or the words they use to describe something and i'm really interested in jeremy manley hopkins who has this poem about things being themselves and there's a way in which watching people be themselves and i don't mean like self-express or wear an awesome outfit. I mean, do something where you're like, that's a very them thing to do is a really fascinating thing for me to watch. So many of the characters that I write are a little bit out of time. And they're obsessed with escaping the modern world in some way. And they get their sense of life from literature. And then there's these sort of people around them that sometimes they dismiss that are extremely basic or addicted to Instagram or have the sort of signifiers of being like not a very serious person in some way. And Because a lot of fiction is in this sort of very close third person, we see them through the eyes of these characters who often dismiss them. And then I think one of my biggest commitments as a writer is this kind of full humanity of every character. No one is just like a plot device or a prop or like a mouthpiece for everything wrong with the modern world. And so in the course of getting to know them a little better and seeing the world from their perspective, we see that we've misjudged them. I've been at various times in my life, at various points in my life, I've been both parties. And I think I've been part of these relationships where I've learned about myself, who I wanted to be, by either being influenced or experiencing a hunger to influence to be like, I want to show you this world, and I want to make this world a thing. And I want to be part of it. And I want to let my I, I don't know where the story we're telling each other about ourselves ends and who we really are begins and where desire to be like uh, turns into desire to be with. And that ambiguity really interests me. I think it is more complicated. I think it's not that they're queer or straight or experimenting. It's that they're dealing with the question of what erotic desire is and what Eros is often, I think, It's not reducible to this person's obsessed with being like this person because they secretly want to have sex with that person. It's they want to have sex with this person. They also want to be this person. They want to be more like this person and they want to be different from this person and, and they want something and maybe it is this person. Maybe it's something that's beyond this person. And I think that like erotic, the realm of the erotic often is that level of complicated and back and forth. And what's the underlying kind of ideology underpinning it all? This idea that religion is something for us to make because The goal of religion is to make us live our best lives. And it doesn't really matter, which is the sort of... Shadow side of this, if it's true or not, if it's real or not, what matters is if it if it works for you. I'm, I'm still like a big AI skeptic. I haven't fully worked out my thoughts yet. I think that's something that's down the line for me in terms of the work that I'm doing. But I'm very wary of the algorithmic forces at work upon our, our world more broadly. Do I think that AI is a demon? Probably not, but I'm open to it. I, what I do think is that any tool that exists to flatten elements of our humanity. Will does risk making us less human or making us into different kinds of beings. And uh, I think the question that we have to keep in mind with all technology is like, what are human beings for? What makes us human? So this idea that we can present ourselves as works of art, that we can create ourselves, it, it has always had a particular sort of aristocratic coding. The idea that, you, that self-fashioning is traditionally historically associated with monarchs, the people who create their public image and their public persona, including through fashion and their bodies. That's what kings do. And when we see the kind of gradual democratization of this idea as it becomes the associated with the dandy, the, the aristocrat of the spirit or the aristocrat of style, that there's a particular class of special person, maybe even chosen person, whether not necessarily of noble blood, but chosen through some other mysterious standard. And this is a kind of consistent motive in in the dandiest uh, model of self-creation, that there's a mysterious quality, a je ne sais quoi, it, Bon ton, whatever you want to call it, whatever language uh, that makes some people just aristocrats of style and wit. What we see in the Instagram age is uh, seemingly I- exciting. It's anybody can be an aristocrat of style now, and there's a way of reading it saying, "Great, we're democratizing this and we're making it available to everybody." But what actually ends up happening is it goes, it becomes less a celebration of individuality, even though it's a, it's always been historically a celebration of individuality for some that uh, requires the assumption that everyone else is just sheeple, NPC, the mob, the crowd, et cetera. But now that we're all expected to do it, that this is work for us, if we don't self-promote, self-create, self-brand, we may not get into the college we want because we haven't had a compelling enough personal essay. We, when we may not find the right romantic partner because we have not uh, made a good enough Tinder profile or a Hinge profile and so on and so forth. And so I I think that the idea that our experience, our personalities, our private lives, everything that makes us is material or content for us to repurpose in order to get something from someone, be it a partner, a job, money, followers, clout, followers to get us more money, to get us more clout. it, It is no longer a kind of form of pure self-expression, and I'm I'm using that in air quotes because I'm not sure self-expression ever can be pure, but it becomes a kind of commerce. Who we are is as much material as once upon a time we had a farm and we could grow things on the farm and sell things on the farm, or we have property. Our souls are a kind of cultivatable property, and that makes me deeply, deeply uncomfortable. I don't think we are reducible to archetypes exactly as people, but I think that constant trying on the different hats and the different wigs, metaphorically speaking, and saying, am I a this or am I a that? Am I a a maiden or a mother or a crone? Am I a a vamp or am I an ingenue? And I think particularly for, I, I don't know how it works for men. I think that there probably is a very particularly, without making any statements about how it works for men, because I do not have access to that knowledge, I would say that probably as a woman, personally, I am very aware of erotic or sexual archetypes as being something that I'm always like, I don't know if it's like the magazine quiz in the back of my, my head. Am I a vamp or am I an ingenue? Do I want to be a vamp or an ingenue? I think there is actually some kind of self knowledge that is linked to knowing something true about ourselves. I don't think it, I don't think it's true that we're not anything. No one's a vamp, but no one's an ingenue. Because I, I saw someone recently. I was in an environment. I was actually at the carnival in Venice, where I go every year, and figuring out like whose costumes I really loved and whose I didn't. And the people whose costumes worked best were not the people who had the most beautiful costumes, most expensive costumes, the best sewn costumes. They were people who had a kind of self-knowledge where they knew what looked good on them. They knew what their vibe was and they leaned into it. Someone who had a kind of 60s-y look did a full 60s-inspired, courage inspired dress. And someone who had this masculine 1930s Marlena Dietrich energy did something based like that. And it was like, it's very clear that there is something about you that you have know really well and that allows you to have incredible style because you look like yourself. No, everyone should probably throw their smartphones in a river, myself included. And I think just that it is hard. There's never going to be an aversion where you get the right answer and suddenly your life falls into place and everything's perfect. And that's not what it's supposed to be for anyway. And I think there is a tendency in like self care circles that, like, once we like solve our demons and figure out our path in life and we are in touch with the vibes of the universe, like, suddenly we're going to be wealthy and healthy and happy and have the perfect marriage. And I think the questions of philosophical inquiry are about how to live a good life, but that's not the same thing as assuming as so much of contemporary wellness culture assumes that a, a normatively like successful life will come to us by virtue of doing the right things. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening. Interview, the creative processes interview with Tara Isabella Burton.